3: The numbers told the story, they always do. It's one of those idiots who believe in
0: analytics. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN.
2: Good Tuesday morning to you. It is a numbers game at Vison the sports betting network. VSIN.com, the Vison app game, plus iHeartRadio, YouTube TV, and of course, DK Network. Glad you could tune in this morning. Appreciate it. It's Gil Alexander. It's Kelly Bidlin, live from Bar Canada at the D. And Kelly, I will just say this maybe. My favorite single day of the sports year. Certainly my favorite sports month, as I've said many times, October. Weekend football, weekday playoff baseball, quadruple header today in baseball, quadruple header tomorrow. Uh, If necessary, there would be on Thursday, most likely not. Then we'll get a quadruple header Saturday, and I think the next one will be Wednesday of next week uh, when there's game threes and fours of the division. But these are the days where it is just complete heaven, and we'll do a whole baseball rundown with Paul uh, Spore and Mark Borchard a little later on. You're not as big of a baseball guy, but well, well, I'm not. But I was going to say, it's such a good
4: day that even I try, Like I get excited for this. Do you? MLB playoffs? I uh, love the I love the
2: playoffs. Fun- I'm
4: just a regular season
2: hater. Fun- you're Yeah, I'm just a regular season. Well, it's day. long. To, like now,
4: to, now, it's my time. Over the next couple of days, I get to learn about these teams, yeah. really figure out who's on them, <laughs> and then as we get, you know, to
2: by the we- time the World Series comes exactly. around, you're like, I know these teams very well. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I did make one ridiculous exact event, which we'll get into momentarily. Um, We will talk to Pete Futako, college football. Drew Dinsick will join us to talk NFL as well. Never not an NFL day, so we'll do that. Speaking of which, let us begin with last night's ball game, if we can call it that, between the Seattle Seahawks and the New York Giants. 24-3 Seattle housing the Giants uh, in a game that uh, both you and I had, both contest and betting-wise. We had Seattle in this. Um, really the only, well, there's very little you need to know, but let's just talk about the fact that it was plus three in turnovers for the Seahawks, minus three for the Giants. The three key moments of the game, well, really two of those three were key, one was uh, late in the first quarter scoreless game when Daniel Jones was sacked by Mario Edwards Jr. That was a fumble from Jones. It was scooped up by Jordan Brooks. And two plays later, the uh, Seahawks had themselves a 7-0 lead, Geno to DK from six out. Then later in the game, uh, in the second half, when the Giants were matriculating the ball down the field, it was 14-3 Seahawks at this point, fourth and one at the Seattle 16, with just uh, 2.46 left in the third, and Jones Really, uh, after he got a, he converted that on an eleven-yard run. The next play, two play, oh, excuse me, two plays later, pardon me, Jones picked by Devin Witherspoon. A star is born. Oh Ninety-seven yards to the house. Twenty-one to three, and it was Katie Bar the door. By the way, the third uh, turnover, Quandre Diggs pick led to a field goal to uh, seal the deal at twenty-four to three. But plus seventeen points on turnovers. The other headline, of course, and part and parcel with all of that, is that in addition to the turnovers, not only did Witherspoon finish with seven tackles, two sacks, and that pick six, but Daniel Jones was sacked ten times in all. Ten times. Not nine, ten. Ten. Bobby Wagner had another two of those. He also had 17 tackles, nine solo, eight assists. It was as bad lopsided a football game. I know 24-3 to doesn't really reflect that. It really doesn't. But it's about as lopsided a football game as you are likely to see because the Giants couldn't block. Andrew Thomas was out in this game, but they just could not protect Daniel Jones. So both things are true, right? Jones, in many ways, it was not his fault. And then when it was <laughs> on his racket, if you will, he didn't do so well either. Um, which brings up two big points. Two big points. One, um, one of my five season longs is the Giants alt season win total under. The reason for that bet, and this is much like when I talk about the Carolina last win list, where I got beat in the NFL draft, just sort of stuck to my guns with the Carolina under. I don't think Bryce Young is gonna be very good at football, and so far so good. With the Giants, I didn't have Brian Dayball for coach of the year last year. I didn't think he deserved it. Now he ended up getting voted that. But why I ended up playing alternate season win total under on the Giants was a drift from that, in the same way that the Carolina thing was a drift from the NFL draft. Just sticking to your guns. The Giants last year were great in between the 20s, both offensively and defensively, primarily defensively. And then when they got to third and fourth down, all of a sudden they became this great stout football. Uh, Excuse me. Then when they got in the red zone, I should say, they became this great stout defensive football team. Also, they were really not so great on first and second downs defensively. But then when it came to third and fourth downs, high leverage situations, they became this really stout defensive team. Uh, it kind of worked out that way offensively as well. And so Brian Dable got the credit for the vagaries of the game of football. And you can say, oh, well, that's uh, they rose to the occasion. That ain't sustainable. That's not how life works. That, that's not how football works. And so... It's really coming home to roost this year. Now, obviously, the Saquon Barkley injury hurts big time. He also doesn't Mm -hmm. play offensive line, though, it should be noted. And the Giants' wide receivers, which Troy Aikman sort of seized on last night, I don't know where Sterling Shepard has gone. It's like they phased him completely out of the offense. I know he had an injury, but he's, like, back from the injury and apparently playing – he's fine in practice. They phased him out. The other wide receivers apparently don't get open at all.
4: They they can't, yeah.
2: At all. And so – You know, as much as—let's bring Daniel Jones into this also. As much as it's not his fault, four years, $160 million. And the other big point that I've made on this show for years is about the cruel economic structure of the NFL. That at a point in the arc of the career of NFL quarterbacks, teams are forced to make massive nine-figure decisions— about the future of their franchise with the quarterback that they have. Uh, Kirk Cousins, who Washington decided, you know what, we're not going to sign him long-term. We're just going to do year for year. And then Kirk parlayed it into a, initially a three-year, $84 million deal, I believe it was, with the Minnesota Vikings. The Cowboys with Dak. The, I suggested on this show years ago that the Rams ought to have been the first case study of a team that realized we have all these players around Jared Goff, but it's not going to work with Jared Goff. We can't sign him to a long-term deal. Let's try to start from scratch with another quarterback with this other core around. Now, that makes people's heads explode because in reality, in, in, in football life, the thought of doing that takes so much onions Right? Takes a, a massive amount of onions. Now, the Rams got bailed out with the trade with Stafford. Excuse me. the uh, Yeah, the Rams with, with the trade to Detroit for Stafford. But take the Giants. Daniel Jones, four years, $160 million. I mean, yes, a lot of it's not his, pa- his fault. But a lot of it is. And you don't really see. Like, that pick six was definitely on him. And... It's the cruelty of the sport where it's just like, okay, they, they their thought to themselves was, we've got to commit because what's the alternative? I don't know, man. I don't know. Now they're locked in. They're stuck with this. Um, and they're staring at Miami and at Buffalo the next two games. They're staring one in five in the face. And the season appears to be over. If, to, to beat my alternate season win total, for me to lose that, they would have to go seven and ten. I don't see how this team wins seven games as currently constituted. By the way, they're the worst ATS team in the entire league as well. 0-4. We have a bunch of other 0-3 and 1s, but they're the only 0-4. Losing, when you aggregate the margins of the spreads, minus yeah, minus 16.3 aggregate points on the spreads as well.
4: Uh, they're a disaster right now. I mean, you're talking about I, I, we all saw opening night against the Cowboys. Okay, you get this great comeback win against the Cardinals. Uh, Niners, the Seahawks last night. I, I'm not saying you, like they've lost a good teams, right? I, I still think we got we all got to keep everything in perspective. And if you sat the Giants down before the season and said you started out one and three, how disappointed would you really be with those four teams that you had to start off with? I, I don't think you'd be extremely disappointed. Oh, but then,
2: I think they would be. But then
4: you look at that game last night, and it's. Like y'all don't remember the last time I watched an NFL game where it was I'm on my couch yelling throw in the towel like at us you know in the fourth wow. quarter when they're taking sack nine ten like he couldn't he there was no protection whatsoever he's bailing out early even when he has time to go run the ball because he doesn't trust the protection to hold up and then yes of course Daniel Jones made his own mistakes too uh, but it's just. I mean, that was domination last night by Seattle offensively yeah. and defensively.
2: Giants have been outscored 77-9 to 9 in first halves this season. 77-9 to 9 in first halves. Really, they've only had the one half of football, the second half against Arizona, right. which has prevented them from being 0-4. Uh, at home, in the two games they played so far this year at home, they've been outscored 64-3. to 3. The three points is the fewest number of points scored by a team through its first two home games in four decades. Four decades. Yikes. Three. Um, it was also just if you were landed on earth and you had been introduced to the sport of football by this game yesterday, you would be like, what is this? That, that was the worst quality. The, oh, the, yes. yeah. the first quarter of that game filled with f- flag. It was a flag fest. There was one Seattle drive, by the way. So let's take our self off the Giants for a second. There was one Seattle sequence we go there. <laughs> where they committed. Now, they actually, they, they were, in, in the stats, it only counts as three flags. But they actually had five. One was offsetting, so it doesn't get yeah. counted. Then it was a, uh, I want to get this right, hold false start hold, and then there was an illegal touching by D.K. Metcalf yeah, by when his Metcalf. foot was out of bounds. Yeah. That just gets counted as an incomplete right. pass. So it's really five flags on the same sequence.
4: There is, the best part of it was it was like the first and 25, but then what? They had a completion with a holding on it, yeah. so it brings it back where it was first. And, then it was became first and 20, and I was like, well, you gained five yards.
2: <laughs> and it was, it was super chippy. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, Geno Smith let his anger carry into the second half about a a hit out of bounds by Isaiah Simmons that he he keeps saying is dirty. It's like, okay, yeah, it was a little late. I don't know how dirty it was. It happens. Uh, and then he got he got flagged again for taunting in the second half on it. Yeah. Like he just let the anger simmer over. And then poor Jamal Adams played nine plays oh, and then he man, he, he that got was Daniel Jones knee to his head, and so he was done for the rest of the day. Oh.
4: I- Locke looks pretty good when he was in there. Not, not, not that they're going to make a
2: quarterback change, but, oh, man, that opening
4: pass that he threw to Jackson Smith to Jigba that he couldn't catch, I think it was a bullet. You could almost tell. He also
2: J- missed him really bad, he did, too, though, he later, did as later as well. Later,
4: yeah, he did miss yeah. him later.
2: But as far as, like, backup quarterbacks go league-wide, he's probably top half, yeah. I would say, for sure. Yeah, For sure, conservatively. Uh, We'll come back, more football with Drew Dinsick, and we'll run down the MLB games before we get to Borchardt and Spore. It's a numbers game. Visa, the Sports Betting Network. This is Colin Coward from the Herd with
0: Colin Cowherd. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com, or download the app today.
3: Hey, guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. we got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. The
1: Sports Betting Network.
2: The NHL season is almost here and our hockey betting experts are ready for all the action. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today and get our all-new NHL betting guide featuring previews for all 32 teams, futures bets, award picks, and season-long props, first-period betting strategies, Steve Mackinnon's power ratings, plus best bets articles five days a week once the season starts. This guide's a must-have with key insights and data for both avid hockey bettors and those new to the sport. Give yourself an edge this season. Why don't you get the VEASAN NHL betting guide by becoming a VEASAN Pro? Subscriber today at vcin.com/slash subscribe. By the way, that uh, comment I was making about the uh, economic structure of football and the cruelty of it, uh, John Goulet chimed in, which I thought was a great comment. He goes, "You know, the alter the uh, alternative to what the Giants did is what the 49ers' strategy was, which was take an offensive-minded head coach, you know, as Shanahan is and Daybol are is, uh, and then." You know, use that to elevate an average talent at quarterback, then spend all your cap space to put together a roster full of pro bowlers, which is essentially what the Niners did, you know, with Shanahan elevating, in this example, uh, Brock Purdy. And the Giants decided to go another way. Like, no, we're going to throw all the money at Daniel Jones. So, yeah, there you go. So far. Yeah. Own uh, for it. Real quick again, because we'll get to Spore and uh, Borchard. Big day in Major League Baseball, obviously. Game ones, is it games one or game ones? I think the proper English is probably games one, but like who says it that way? Yeah, you can't say that. You can't say that. Uh, game ones of all the uh, respective Wild Card series, five fours and six threes. And by the way, this will be the format today, tomorrow, and uh, if it were to go three and all, let's just say it would be the same format Thursday. And that format is you have 3:08 p.m. Uh, ABC game between the Rangers and the Rays, the 5-4 in the American League. The Rays are minus 155 favorites today, Glasnow against Montgomery. Uh, then it's the, you know, it's a staggered start about an hour and a half after that on ESPN at 4.38 p.m. Eastern. It is the 6-3 wildcard series in the American League. Toronto and Minnesota game one. Kevin Gausman going up against Pablo Lopez. Minnesota the slight minus 115 favorite. And then in the evening, 7:08 p.m. on ESPN. Two, it is the 6-3 NL Wild card game between Arizona and Milwaukee. It's Brandon Fat, Fat, at Corbin Burns and the Brewers. Brewers are minus 180 in this game, and the reason that the Diamondbacks are going with Fat here is that they decided to pitch Merrill Kelly on Saturday, even when the Reds were getting blasted and Arizona would have been would have really clinched. They decided to throw Merrill Kelly, and so that makes Merrill Kelly going to be on the backside of this. It's going to go Zach Allen to Merrill Kelly in game three if necessary. So the, the Diamondbacks... This is really the game they would expect to lose. If they win this, oh boy, the Brewers are in trouble. And the Brewers have their own issues because Brandon Woodruff all of a sudden is donezo for this series with the shoulder issue that was bothering him earlier in the season, too. He might be done for the duration of the playoffs if the Brewers were to advance. And by the way, the final game today is at 8.08 p.m. Eastern on ESPN, the 5-4 game in the uh, NL, Miami at Philadelphia. It'll be Jesus Lozardo against Zach Wheeler with the Phillies, minus 162 favorites. And by the way, the series prices... Are kind of cozied up to those very game one prices as well, with some, uh, with a little difference. The Phillies being the biggest favorite on the board in all the series, where the Twins are the shortest favorite on the board in their series against the Blue Jays. So we'll talk to Spore and Borchert about that later.
4: That's fat with a PF, son. Fat. <laughs> That's
2: N- all I got. <laughs> not not fat with a not fat with a PH. No fat with a pf uh ladies and gentlemen he is the host of not one but two podcasts the deep dive which he does with andy bolitor Densic classic and then of course new Densic, which is nbc sports bet the edge it's drew Densic at whale capper
1: whale underscore capper on twitter how you doing drew i'm doing well and uh speaking of games one seven games (laughs) one for yannick sinner uh over carlos alcaraz in the first set wow Uh, and he's on the verge of breaking here really in the second set we might have a little dragon slay on our hands uh that said, uh, it's weird that there are semifinals going on on a Tuesday morning in Beijing. My, uh, yes. my tennis brain is completely scrambled.
2: My tennis brain is scrambled to the point I am focused completely on the WTA side. By the way, for those recent subscribers who are on the picks page, uh, we're two for thir- two of three last night, so we're four of our last five in the tennis plays. But right. you're right, the way that the-, the time zones are also, I can't do them on the show because I don't handicap them until later in the day anyway, so it's all scrambled in terms of when they're played you know on the overnight uh has it been going well for you tennis wise have you have you i haven't been betting it. i've been 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 checking
1: in every morning and i don't don't know what's going on in beijing why this tournament got dragged into week two i'm guessing they had rain or something but um yeah so it's strange happenings and i have no idea how any of these top players who are playing in beijing are going to make it into the shanghai draw um yeah, I guess I'm guessing they're not. I, I really uh, I'm i am confused. It's funny. I said to J-Rod, who, who's a big tennis guy,
2: one of our listeners, and I was saying the whole women's tournament in uh, – I'm getting confused now. They were in Tokyo last week. That whole tournament, like they were in the round of 16 or the quarters before I even noticed it was happening almost. Yeah. Where I was like, w- wait. what? And I think it has to do with the fact that we're so football-focused too. Sure. That these are starting while football is happening, and so we have no – capacity to even follow it whatsoever anyway that's my theory because i had the same reaction uh like wait what happened to this tournament let me talk to you about basketball before we even get to Ooh. football uh obviously damian lillard goes to the bucks in a big three-way trade and now the blazers did what was expected part two of that trade shipping drew holiday to the boston Celtics. so parts moving everywhere the blazers got themselves a haul i'm curious when all now is said and done, and maybe it's not all said and done because maybe the Blazers are going to flip someone else like a Brogdon or a Robert Williams, I don't know. But as it stands right now, winners and losers, what do you got? Did it trigger
1: any bets for you? (laughs) Uh, So far, everybody that's made a trade has won, and the losers are the Heat. Um, I think that the, the haul that the Blazers got for Damian Lillard stands as the most fair return on a superstar trade I've ever seen. Yes. Um you could argue they got a dollar 20 for their dollar in Dame Millard, Uh and I think that's a reasonable position especially considering that you know, it's tough to say exactly what those picks are going to look like for Milwaukee in the 2028-29-30 20, range, but uh you know, Milwaukee as a very 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 short-term winner here, um has set themselves up in a very fragile situation for the future uh they basically have a one to two year window uh where it is championship or bust and at that at that point uh you know middleton lopez are definitely going to be aged out lillard may be aging out and Giannis is you know potentially past his peak uh just based on you know one, one year sample performance here so it's it's tough to say that uh you know Milwaukee has set themselves up for long-term success in this. Um, but I definitely think they raised their potential for a championship next season, uh, albeit a uh, small raise because the move that uh, Drew Holiday, setting you know the Celtics made bringing Drew Holiday in I think really helped shore up their point of attack defense. and um, you know that directly neutralizes uh, you know the advantage that uh, Milwaukee generated by bringing in Lillard. So uh, kind of a fun little chess match between those two teams at the top of the east. Um, I think both teams have distanced themselves significantly from Philadelphia. Um, and, uh, I think the heat who had the chance to be, you know, in the mix for a top three in the East is now pretty clearly in like, say tier three. Um, all of a sudden that team looks a, a heck of a lot weaker, uh, than any of us, I think expected, uh, as, as we were hearing the rumors all summer. So. Um, You've gotten a consolidation of power in the Eastern Conference. I think in general, the Eastern Conference playoffs are going to be a lot less, uh, you know, just in general, less full of dangerous teams. Uh, The West one through eight is going to be incredibly tough. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, even though I still would put um, highest power rated team, you know, squarely in the hands of the champion Denver Nuggets, who have, you know, basically retained everyone. And, you know, all of their key players are still on the uptick in terms of uh, just a uh, performance timeline. So, uh, nuggets still looked like the team to beat to me. Um, but the West is so powerful or, you know, from one to eight that I think, uh, it's just going to be that much tougher for them to get back to the finals. Um, I would tip the balance slightly in favor of the Celtics in the East, just because I think that they have just, they have more ways they can beat you. Um, and I think that, uh, there's a non-zero chance that Middleton is just cooked, uh, at which point, uh, you know, the, the bucks start to look very, very lean. Um, they're lean as it is because they just gave away all their depth in the Lillard trade. But um, I think uh, if I had to call today, I would take uh, Celtics over Nuggets in the finals or Nuggets over Celtics, depending on uh, who has home court.
2: But you didn't make a bet yet based on any of that.
1: No, no, I think okay. it's worth waiting. I think it's worth waiting in a lot of in a lot of reasons. I mean, <clears throat> Celtics. Uh, if you make a if you make a high confidence bet on the Celtics right now, I mean, you're going to be checking the injury, you know, the timeline for Kriptovs Porzingis injury news 500 <laughs> times between now and April. Yeah, yeah. If you can only bet yeah, on that, if you can only exactly. bet on that, yeah.
2: Yeah. Let me just ask you real quick. This is more of a sports talk thing than a betting thing. But, like, did this represent for you the fact that Damian Lillard ended up with Milwaukee? Did this represent for you a shift in the NFL, in the NBA power structure of, you know what, players, you've determined, uh, you've called your shot where you want to go. Like, you've cried and whined your way to a specific trade destination. Was this Port- Portland must be the, the toast of the NBA now where they're like, you're not going to go where you want to go. We're going to send you where we want to send you to get proper value back. Did this sort of represent a shift for you on this?
1: It's possible. But Dave Miller just seems like a good guy. He, is. <laughs> he wasn't willing. He, he wasn't is. really willing to kind of, you know, he could have he could have he could have. You know put a real spoiler in this thing if he was decided he didn't want to be a good soldier and go play in Milwaukee um, and I think you know that while yes it, you know other GMs around the league have to look at the return Portland God and they're going to be salivating yeah. okay uh, I think uh, James Harden could reset the entire thing in like five minutes more with Drew next a numbers game on FS, the sports betting network. Let's
2: talk about Zen nicotine pouches. We're always debating what a team needs to do to get to number 1, but Zen nicotine pouches are already there. It's helped millions of people achieve lasting change, earning the title of America's number 1 nicotine pouch. Find your Zen at your local convenience store or online at Zinn.com. That's z y n.com. Warning this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. It's Gil Alexander live from Bar Canada, uh, Bar Canada rather at the D. Here on a numbers game, we get tweets at beating the book. Always appreciate the uh, feedback, Nick Kendhammer. I completely agree, Eberflus is a joke, but firing him does no good. Getzy doesn't have a clue for offense, you're right about that. And Williams, the D.C., already gone, and Eberflus is calling the D.C., not entirely sure who would coach, quote-unquote, the team. He's as good as gone after the season, but can't see now how they would do that. And uh, uh, Nick, yesterday on the show, I mentioned that is the fly in the ointment of the Eberflus to be the first coach-fired bet that the Chicago Bears historically do not scuttle coaches midseason, so... Uh, Even if it is perhaps quote-unquote deserved, it may not happen. Jason H11, great uh, news. New York has finally closed its borders. The Jets and Giants are no longer allowed to be associated with New York. We're finally Buffalo Bills only. Hey, Gil, where's that sushi place? Uh, The Real Joby, in-season NFL win totals have been a fruitful betting vehicle for A&G listeners in the past. At the quarter poll, does anything stand out? This is not the quarter poll, by the way. It's not the quarter poll. News, quarter poll is the last quarter. Um... At the quarter mark, does anything stand out in logical follow-up? Which pharmaceutical cinematic universe would you rather live in, Jardians or Sky Rizzy?
4: (laughs) I didn't read the end of that. Win Total Wednesday is coming back tomorrow.
2: Win Total Wednesday is coming back tomorrow. Should I not give my answer? Now, let me give my answer because I just read his tweet. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think the Arizona Cardinals over, four and a half. I thought you
4: were going to answer which cinematic universe you'd rather
2: live in. Oh, I'll answer that too. So here's the thing. With Jardians, it's sort of this Pleasantville little uh, yeah. little village. Yeah. And so your, your instinct is to go live in the Jardians village. The issue with the Jardians village, though, is everybody's a terrible dancer. They all break out in song. You may not know the choreography. And the mailman is now a fruit vendor. And so I don't really like what's going on there because you can't really trust anybody. Do you
4: have to hear the song? Like, is the song on repeat 24-7 in this universe? <laughs> I, think universe? So. I feel like it would yeah. be. So I think i got to go with
2: Sky Rizzy because you're out there yeah. in the universe. Yep. Clearly, that's the answer. Yeah, it's an easy answer. Drew Dinsick, ladies and gentlemen, rejoins us. He's probably wondering what the hell is going on now here. Uh, <laughs> at whale underscore capper, you can follow him. Uh, they're on the old Twitter machine, the old X machine now. Uh, okay, yeah. NFL, week number five. What do you like moving forward here? What do you, what do you think you like this week?
1: Yeah, I'm just glad you didn't ask me uh, about the Skyris universe because I I need a full day to really kind of think (laughs) through that question and uh, come (laughs) up with a nuanced answer. I I really don't know. Um, Week five looks a little tight. Uh, I have a handful of bets fired already. Um, I guess in order of favorite, I would say Denver Broncos is probably at the top of my list over the Jets. Uh, I like that you're getting a team that, you know, the market has adjusted off of the the, uh, look ahead from three to one and a half here. Uh, So it's getting you under the key of three on top of that. I'm expecting Justin Simmons is going to go for the Broncos and he is a huge huge difference maker in that secondary Um, If Simmons is available and certain is locking down Garrett Wilson, I'm not sure that the Jets uh, Offense is going to be able to get much going at altitude here And I think uh, ultimately the Broncos offense looks to have been quasi fixed Uh, I don't know if they're going to be putting up 30 points on the regular Uh, Certainly not against the Jets defense, but I think they can Um, do enough to get a win against the Jets in a a decent situational spot. So Denver's uh, on the card for me. Uh, I laid the points with the Philadelphia Eagles Mm -hmm. against the L.A. Rams. Uh, This is a little speculative that we're going to get some, you know, kind of questionable news about uh, Matt Stafford this week as he deals with the uh, hip pointer injury he sustained uh, against the uh, Indianapolis Colts. And I think even more than that, um, if you're going to give me, uh, you know, a, a powerful and multiple defensive line up against uh, this Rams O-line, I think that can be the distinguishing characteristic of this matchup and. Um, you know, really helped tilt the balance in favor of the Philly defense over the Rams offense, which has been much better than expected, but still uh, has a couple of weaknesses that I think can be exploited. Um, And then on the other side of the coin, I I don't see Philadelphia's offense being stymied here at all by the Rams defense. They just have way too many ways to attack, and uh, their offensive line is is, uh, perfectly uh, capable of neutralizing some of the uh, bright spots on that Rams D-line. So I think Philadelphia's going to score into the 30s, and I can see the Rams being somewhat... Um, you know, kept in a bottle here. So Philly and uh, Denver were the first two that I played this week. And those are probably my two favorite sides. Uh, Everything else on my card is uh, pretty small edges. I would say,
2: did you uh, yesterday when we did guessing lines, I'm in a cocoon. I don't know the, uh, the Bengals Cardinals line. I guessed that the Cardinals would be one and a half point favorites only to find out that the Bengals were four point favorites (laughs) and told that it had already come down some at the time. Uh, did you find that line? Now it's three, I believe, painted everywhere. Um, did you find that
1: that was a ridiculous line? I mean, the look ahead was eight and a half. <laughs> so it's not like, uh, you know, Bengals being favored was completely outrageous. Um, three is a lot, though. And I guess even more than the Bengals, I mean, you know, even more than the Cardinals getting bet. I don't understand why that total has gotten bet up. Um, you're looking at a high on the board right now of 45 uh, offshore at a sharp book. Uh, I don't exactly know how Cincinnati is scoring with the way that this offense is playing right now. So that to me looks like a pretty good look at an under. Um, I like that even better than I like Arizona in terms of side here. Um, there's still some lingering questions in my back of my head about how Arizona you know they're they're playing competitive football but uh if you're not catching more than a field goal I'm not really interested in being a Cardinals backer on a given week so um yeah, Cincinnati looks broken but I think that was a pretty disadvantageous matchup for them on the road at Tennessee and uh it's not quite as dire with the uh, Arizona on deck this week so um I still think that game's gonna you know kind of be finished in the 20 to 17 range so under 45 was my go
2: Dr. Bob had the over in that game yesterday, mm-hmm. maybe that influenced the market I don't know. Uh, he had the over in the uh, Bengals Cardinals game um, sometime midday yesterday. What from last week and let's include the the Giants at Seahawks from last night but what what from that you know slate of games sort of uh, gave you the
1: most pause where you're like, ooh I need to perhaps rethink this well definitely the that was uh uh, that was one of my more confident sides of the week when they were favored uh the market beat my head in on that one and so i pretty much assumed it was going to lose before they even kicked off and it was even worse than i could have imagined um and i think the giant you know the the key takeaways there it wasn't that daniel dimes was a little erratic and turning over the football it was that the giants defensive line generated virtually no pressure um, and that was against a complete mash unit of, uh, you know, s- second string players across the almost the entirety of that uh, Seattle, you know, offensive line. That is now two um, pretty aggressive uh, was, yeah, cluster injuries in the offensive uh, in the offensive line rooms, both uh, Houston uh, and uh, Seattle, where it's not mattering. And I don't really understand how those teams are scheming around some of the weaknesses they have in personnel. Um, The Houston one was a wild head scratcher because they were up against Pittsburgh for crying out loud and still CJ Stroud manages to avoid getting sacked all night. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then, you know, they, that those that's kind of what's really confounding me the most is what what exactly are these teams doing to, um, you know, to completely avoid pressure? I know that they're getting the ball out of their quarterback's hands pretty quickly in a lot of instances. But um, still, when you have young quarterbacks or, you know, quarterbacks who have in, in the past, in this case of Geno Smith, been uh, relatively um significantly affected by interior pressure and then all of a sudden uh some things that you're doing in scheme are you know completely arresting that i think you got to pay attention so um you know there's been a long kind of obvious note that san francisco's you know kind of has some very fun and interesting ways to uh really keep pressure from impacting the quarterback play and miami looks to have picked up some of those Uh, same signals this year and they're implementing them and certainly Houston with slow it going you know has carried some of that as well so there there's something going on about the way that uh, sort of the Shanahan tree is um dealing with uh, particularly interior pressure uh that's i think uh kind of helping these offenses really avoid what has been sort of the key thing this season which has been um if you have a good interior pass rush and you're going up against a weak interior offensive line you can just completely disrupt and you know stop the stop the offense in its tracks i mean we had what seven teams that didn't score a touchdown on offense this week and i think the common theme across those teams were just that You know, their quarterbacks were under aggressive pressure, particularly up the middle. Uh, And I think, uh, you know, unless you unless and until you solve that problem, you're just not going to get good offensive performances. You're not going to get solid quarterback play. Uh, And, uh, you know, I think that's kind of how you start a handicap in 2023 for whatever it's worth.
2: That's sort of a terrifying handicapping thing, though. If you can't count on cluster injuries to Uh, matter like that's that ain't good. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, because I agree, because I agree, because I mean, really, like if, if that if that doesn't ha- if that doesn't manifest, you almost yeah. like, you know, you cut it from the short list of things you could count on.
1: Yeah, um, no, and yeah. It, it, that goes in the same sentence as stuff like um you know, the Bengals have invested so much in that offensive line. On paper, those guys are all outstanding pass pro. And, uh, you know, they, they've had absolutely no hope of uh, blocking to keep Joe Burrow upright, which is not helping his situation. No, so, no. You know, it's it's uh, it's pretty wild how important uh, offensive line play has been through uh, four or four weeks. Thank you, Drew. Appreciate it, as always. All right. Best of luck, guys. Drew Densick at whale underscore
2: capper. Baseball next with Paul Spore, quadruple header.
1: Betting Network.
2: Don't forget on DraftKings Sportsbook this season, new customers can bet $5 and pocket $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. That's every day, Kelly. Download the app and use the promo code Vegas when you sign up. That's promo code Vegas. DraftKings Sportsbook. The crown is yours. Okay, no time for small talk. Uh, it's Gil, Kelly, and Paul Spore now joining us from Fangraphs, and, of course, the Sleeper in the Bust podcast. Paulie, the greatest day of the year. Yes? Quadruple header to oh, begin yeah. the postseason?
5: Yes. These playoff quadruple headers are amazing. I can't wait.
2: All right. Let's do these one by one. First of all, I've only made one bet. I just want to get your instant reaction before we go game by game here. I bet okay. a World Series exacta the Phillies to beat the Astros at 45 to one your thoughts You're
5: going for the repeat that's not a bad that's not a bad number on it with those two clubs i I, I definitely don't mind it obviously that something like that is so difficult to yeah. land mm-hmm. but I, I don't hate it Okay, I don't hate it. I, love I know it's it. not a resounding take it. yeah. That, I don't that's not hate a resounding it. endorsement of it, but you know, <laughs> um, it, it's it's certainly not bad. It's not the worst matchup, or anywhere near the worst matchup. I think you to come up with. That's but,
4: the like you know how we say sometimes I wouldn't bet that with your money. Yeah. It's the I wouldn't bet yeah. it with my money. I would bet it with your yeah. money though. Yeah, so it's exactly. not that bad. So It's exactly. not that bad.
2: Yeah. By the way, nice Miggy Cabrera jersey and tribute over your right shoulder, Miguel. Thank you. Let us never forget the man had a triple crown in 2012. Let us never forget yes, what, what a career. By the way, shout out to Brandon Crawford, also ends his career in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Okay, first game today, 3:08 Eastern on ABC. Uh, it is the 5-4 American League game. Jordan Montgomery going for the Rangers. Tyler Glass now going for the Tampa Bay Rays. The Rays are minus 155. Texas plus 130 at FanGraphs. Montgomery on the year. Uh, 3.20 ERA, but the uh, the FIP and the XFIP are a little higher, 3.56 and 4.02, as opposed to Glasnow, whose ERA is 3.53, but the advanced stats are much better, 2.91 FIP, 2.75 XFIP, and the old 33.4% K rate on the season. Mm-hmm. Rays are also minus 160 on the series price. Uh, I'm considering laying the juicy, laying the wood here with Glasnow and the Rays. Your thoughts on this game and this series?
5: I mean, I I certainly get that for the first game here, you got a pitcher advantage with glass. Now I do wonder if the Rangers are being a little bit slept on because of their stumble to the finish. I think we do it every year with some ball clubs. I mean, you mentioned the Phillies that you're in on them this year. Remember this time last year, they were being written off as they're going to briefly be in the playoffs. We won't even remember them. And I grant that it took a pretty historically crazy ninth inning there for them to come back in that one game to kind of spur everything but everything starts over. September does not matter. There are teams that run hot, that come in October and fall on their face. There are teams that are running cold, that come in and go crazy. And then there are teams on both ends of that too. They stay hot and, and keep going or they stay cold. The bottom line is that it's just not an indicator. And that's why I can't get away from Texas completely here. In a way, I actually kind of like the Rays a bit today because I do love glass now. But then I I think the Rangers can come back and get the next two. Mm. Uh, I think that they're very much live dogs in this series here. I love that lineup. It's going to come down to that bullpen, right? And that's, that's why they had their September swoon. If that bullpen gets back in check, I think they have every bit of a chance in here. Uh, and that's going to be the key. If you believe in those Texas relievers, I think you can lean them pretty easily. If not, then I understand the Rays plays for sure. That's and I'm interesting. on the race today.
2: So then in, in other words, then if you want to play the Rangers on the series price, wait till after game one, exactly. get, a, get a better price on the Rangers. In, by the way, all of these again, best of threes. Remember, this is the format that began last year. These are best of threes. Uh, okay, game two is also an American League game. This is on ESPN, 4:38 p.m. Eastern. The 6-3, Toronto at Minnesota. Gaussman against Lopez. Uh, Kevin Gaussman with the uh, 3.16 ERA and advanced stats that more or less match that, the 31.1% K rate. And then Pablo Lopez. With a 3.66 ERA, his advanced stats, the FIP and the XFIP anyway, a little better than that. Minnesota, not only a minus 115, the slightest of favorites in this game, but also minus 115, slightest of favorites in the series. What do you think about this one? Because I know some smart baseball, baseball people who actually think both of these teams are alive to go further than this.
5: I, I completely agree with that. I do think the winner here is going to be a lot of trouble uh, for the next opponent, which I believe is the Astros. Um, And so they're going to have their hands full with either of these clubs. Yeah. I'm on the twins. I really like them. I'm almost – I'm almost a little annoyed to see them as faves because I feel like I've, uh, they've been kind of like my my little pet team for a while here. <laughs> and now that, uh, you know, the, the sharps are on them too. Like I get it because I'm right there with it. Their pitching is awesome. I really think it's so strong starting and relief. They're going to bolster their relief with the extra uh, starters that they're going to put in there. Bailey overcoming out, maybe putting two, three innings up at a time is insane. They're going to get their reinforcements back with Royce Lewis, Carlos Correa, Buxton's a, a coin flip, but he hasn't really been there this year anyway. I really like this Twins team. I like them today. I like them for the series. But I do agree that if the Blue Jays win this series, I will be very much you know, uh, giving them a very close eye against the Astros in the second series. So I'm not saying that the Jays are going to get steamrolled here, but I am a Twins guy. Not trying to hedge. I'm fully Twins.
2: Wow. Okay. Then we go to the National League games this afternoon. Again, this will follow the same sequence of games tomorrow in Game 2, same times, same networks. Uh, The 6-3 game in the National League. Arizona, the sixth seed against the NL Central winning Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, It's Pfot. Is it Pfot or Pfet? Which is it? Um, Pfot. When, like like I fought yeah. Yeah, Brandon Fott uh, going against Corbin Burns. Um, Burns is a big favorite today, minus 180. Uh, Fott mm-hmm. is is here. I was mentioning earlier that the, the D-backs pitched Kelly on Saturday. So yeah. they're doing this backwards. So Gallon's going to be the game two pitcher. If necessary, Kelly Merrill Kelly will be the game three pitcher for the Diamondbacks. So this is the one where they're sort of behind the eight ball. And I guess you could say the pressure would be on the Brewers here then. But uh, Fott has a 5.72 ERA. Van is a little better than that, 5.18 and 4.46 when you get to your XFIP. Uh, And with Burns, it's all about that BABIP, which he sustained for two seasons now. Really fortunate. 244 BABIP, which, you know, has, has muted his ERA. But, of course, the big news in this series is that Brandon Woodruff can't go which is just awful for the Brewers, might not be able to go if the Brewers Bummer. advance past this series, where they are a minus 155 series price. What do you think about this game in this series?
5: Yeah, I'm so bummed because I actually had them going really long. I'm not getting all the way off of them, while Woodruff is important. First off, he's not necessarily out entirely. Uh, but, you know, that one guy, even as big as he is, doesn't necessarily submarine their chances, but it definitely stings because the reason I like this team so much is the three aces with Burns, Woodruff, Peralta, and that's going to have a cut, you know, leg cut out from under them in this series here and maybe comes back after that, but we don't know. I would operate as though he isn't with any bets that you're going to make on the Brewers. It's going to come down to the long ball today. If Falk can keep the ball in the yard, they got a chance. Now, he has not done that very well, and the Brewers do have some guys who can go yard. I do like the Brewers here in the series. Like I said, I like them to make some noise. though. Not nearly as much as I was going to be had we had this conversation yesterday. I would have been a full throated endorsement of Milwaukee to not only win this series, but also maybe push all the way to the World Series because I, I do like this ball club. But uh, my, my hopes are a little bit dashed with B. Woody out because he's my favorite of the trio, too.
2: Yeah, the trio being Peralta, being the third in the uh, Burns, yes. Woodruff, Peralta trio, and. I guess Wade Miley would be your four right now. It would have been Woodruff in game number two, but now we will see who Milwaukee throws tomorrow. And then the 5-4 game in the NL, uh, the uh, one and two wild cards. Jesus Luzardo going for the Marlins. Zach Wheeler going for the Phillies. Phillies are minus 162 favorites. Uh, Diamond, excuse me, Marlins rather, plus 136 on the comeback at DraftKings. Lusardo with the 3.63 ERA. Advanced stats pretty much in line with that. Wheeler. Uh, 3.61 ERA. He's got the 5.9 war for you war fans out there. He led uh, all the majors per fan crafts in war. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Phillies, as I mentioned, on the series price are the biggest favorite in terms of series prices. They're minus 190 with the Marlins coming back at plus 160. Luis Arraes, the first ever back-to-back, league-to-league, American League-to-National League, batting title leader ever. That's awesome. Uh, The only other person who's won one in, in both leagues. DJ LeMayhew, of all people, who won, oh, one with wow. the, yeah, who won one with the Rockies in 2016 and then in the pandemic year with the Yankees in 2020. But Arraya is oh, the first one yeah. to do one back-to-back years. What do you think about this game in series?
5: Uh, don't let the Marlins hat fool you here. That was more a uh, Mickey tribute as well because, of course, that's where he started his career. You know, I, I do like this Marlins scrappy club, and the Burger Bell pickups were really nice. But I'm just not sure that they've got enough uh, run scoring to stay with this Phillies team. And the Phillies have better pitching, you know, going in than I thought they did last year when, when again, they were a bit of an afterthought. So. I'm just not sure the Marlins can get there. Now, listen, the Marlins don't lose in the playoffs. I know they lost after uh, beating the (laughs) Cubs in 2020, but, you know, in, in full real seasons, they don't lose in the playoffs. Of course, those other teams have no bearing on this one. Um, I think they're a more live dog than the number states, but if they lose, that doesn't really matter, right? You don't get you don't get a payout for a close loss, and so I totally understand where everyone's going with the uh, with the Phillies here. I think the Marlins get at least one, and if it's the first one, I like you know they, they could pull the upset, but I, I don't think in my heart of hearts, as Kelly said earlier, I don't think I would necessarily bet it. Uh, with your money or my money to go on on the marlins i think i'm i'm probably just staying off of it because i am a little bit nervous about philly but if i'm going anywhere i think i gotta go
2: okay so favorite side today is uh twins twins favorite series favorite series price is
5: well if the brewers went down after losing uh woodruff i I would still jump on that
2: okay all right paul spore everybody thank you paulie appreciate it enjoy today Uh, You too. Take care. If you're on the DK Network, Dan Lebitard is next for the rest of you. We continue this on VEASAN. College football guessing lines with Kelly next.